Good morning, Irvine, and welcome to another episode of Sports Matters. I'm Kevin Drake, along with Matt Burtz. Hello. And uh, boy, we got a lot of great things to talk about today, and oh, yeah. uh, we're going to throw you all a curveball. What are we going to talk about first today, Matt? The Ducks. Oh, man, what an epic game epic that was game. last night. I mean, you have to give credit to Calgary. You know, after the first game, they actually played a better game, too. The Ducks just played better. But this game last night, I mean, Calgary was playing the best game they possibly could play, it just how the Ducks hung in there they just they fought hard but what's your analysis on this game well first off Calgary did a great job and we kind of expected that going back home the one thing that was tough about it is they get one day of travel time and you know talking with Claudia's sleep doctor and that you know all the the travel oh yeah I remember her the neurologist yeah, the neurologist yeah. talking with her about kind of sports or and travel yeah, something like that so, yeah, I, I forget her name sleep neurologist yes yeah, a doctor the UCI yeah. sleep center down yeah. there um anyways talking with her the the travel that these people have to go through and the fact that they have yeah. to change time zones and, and not only that is we're at sea level, okay? When they go to Calgary, they are way above sea level. So it, it was tough for them to have to go and travel there and we saw the slow kind of groggy start that they had. But the momentum changing point in the game they were down 4-1. Randy Carlisle had enough of this. He's, he needed to do some moving and shaking. He moves down Bieksa. He moves down Corbin Holzer. And he puts in Bernier, who has been hot. And to me, I'm thinking before the game starts, you need to play Bernier just because of the whole travel thing. He's been forking the last two. So let's see. They've had two games and four nights. And then you're going to travel, so then you're going three games in six nights. And that's that's pretty difficult to do. Especially hockey. Especially hockey. It's, a, it's such a brutal sport. Like, you know, you're, you're hitting into people and stuff like that. So it's for them to have one day of travel time, they need to do a little bit more shaking up the lineup and get some fresher legs in there. And when they made the move to Bernier, it changed the whole game. He made a few huge saves. They get a late goal in the second period uh, from Theodore. Shade Theodore, unbelievable job by him. He had two goals on the day. One of them was very important in the end of the second. And then they go into the intermission. They probably get a good pep talk from Grandy Carlisle, who I, I I can't say enough of about the job that he brings. Oh, he's done a tremendous job. So, you, know, you think about a Ducks in years past, you know, probably would not have won this game. But this team is resilient. And, well, during and, the and Boudreau the, era, for sure. I don't absolutely. Think but, but having Coach Carlisle back, that was the huge he, improvement he, right there. And we saw it last night. He implements toughness throughout the lineup. I mean, this is this is not a team that is going to be like, all right, we're not going to hit you. No, they're not going to let you push them around. They're going to push back. They're going to fight back. And that's the kind of the style that he's had. They go into the, the second intermission. And, then and they're they down 4-2 at that they, time. They're going down 4-2. Yeah. But they got a goal in the late, like the final minute of the second period. So it's huge. So they now it's 4-3. to three. And then, no, no, it's 4-2. Four 4-2 to two. Four to two at the And okay. then they come out in the, the beginning of the third period. I said if they get a goal in the beginning of the third period, they'll run away with it. And they did. They got a goal early in the period, and then they got another one to tie with four minutes left, which is a huge goal. And then you go into overtime, and it's so tough to play in Calgary to begin with. They go to the Saddle Dome. I mean, it's one of the best arenas in terms of fan support in the league. Any sort of the Canadian teams have such great fan support. I, I watched Edmonton, too, against the Sharks, and literally the entire arenas are all wearing jerseys, all nice jerseys. Like, And it wasn't a giveaway by any means. It wasn't one of those shirt giveaways. They were all wearing the same color as the team. They they take Passionate so fans in Canada, absolutely. And to take one 
from their from their home, which is exactly what the Ducks. That's what I'm saying. That was just a huge win, and to have Corey Perry to come in and get that game-winning goal. Scory Perry. I love it. Um, but not just that. It was a historic night for the NHL to begin with. All four games went into overtime. All four of them. It was unbelievable. Like, the NHL playoffs have been more entertaining to watch than the NBA playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, by, it, by a long shot right now. Like, it, it, there's been more you, games. you got to get time. excited. I mean, four extraordinary games last night all went into overtime. I mean, come on. What more do you want? This is <laughs> this the last time they had four overtime games in a single night was back in April 4th, 1985. Wow. Okay? So it, a long time ago, a long time ago. But there has never been in all four games – a two-goal deficit for each team. Two goals. Each team was down by two goals and came back to win. That's unbelievable. That, that was just a great night of hockey to watch. It was, it, like you said, it was a big win for the Ducks. You know, now up 3-0. Obviously, getting that fourth game is going to be, you know, really challenging. But just the fact that you said the travel, the uh, the elevation, everything compiled in. You know, and obviously, you know, the Ducks, you know, I mean, they were down 4-1. to one. You thought, okay, they're just going to mail it in. There's, it's going to be hard for them to come back. But with Randy Carlisle, like you said, he just ch- changed things up. Yeah, wow. wow. I, all I say is wow. I it's was just been... watching the game. I was like, man, they are coming back. This is a different team. I see a great team that's coming together. You know what? I mean, I want to jump ahead, but they still got to get that fourth win. You know, you're only up 3-0. The series is not over, so focus on getting that last game. But what is going on with the Blackhawks? I mean, they're just getting smoked by Nashville. I think Nashville is very good. I think that's more of the bigger story. Is did Nashville they just come out of nowhere, team. or did they not know about them? Last year. Nashville beat us last is year. Is that the team? Uh Nashville yeah. is a great team by all means. They're unbelievable squad. Pekka Rene, who is their goalie. I think I may have gotten his name wrong. It's Pekarini. I don't know. but Close enough. He, he's the goaltender for the Nashville Predators, and he is doing an unbelievable job. He's been stopping puck. They, they, they gave up their first goal in the series last game. The first mm. goal that they've given up was last game in game three. So I think it's been a little bit of the great defense by Nashville over anything. I think don't count out these Blackhawks. Just like you know how what the Ducks did last, they are well equipped to go and win four games in a row. They're well equipped. Now to the do Blackhawks, it. are they down 0-3 as They're well? They're down 0-3. Yeah, and it's happened much more in hockey where teams have come down from a 0-3 deficit, at least a tie. But I mean, there's teams that have actually won 0-3 deficit. It's happening more in hockey than any other sport. Yeah, but you look at a team like the Blackhawks; they have been the most successful team in the NHL in the past five years. Like, if you want to debate me on it, I'll put all the facts. But they have been the most successful team in the last five years in the sure. NHL. It doesn't matter. You throw all that out. You have to focus on the next game if you're Nashville. Get it done, shut the door, move on to the next round. Same thing for the Ducks. Just Same focus the on the Ducks. next game. I mean, great job. That was a team-building win for the Ducks. And oh. you know what? I think that was a team-building win for the Nashville Predators as well. That's a team that you got to look out for. You got to look out for Nashville. I mean, the Sharks this year, they've been hit by the injury bug early, but they just got Joel Thornton back, which is huge for them. And they've been doing an unbelievable job against a really good and young team in Edmonton. That's not, you know, they're not backing down by any means. So it'll be an interesting game tonight. Um, You look at the other series around. 
the Pittsburgh Penguins are just, you know, doing what defending they do. champs. The yeah. defending champs are doing what they do against the Columbus Blue Jackets who don't have much experience. And then you look at what the Washington Capitals have been doing and they've been getting a lot of late goals as well. That's been a series. That's but Toronto's actually up 2-1 on that series. They've been getting late goals and 2-1 for Toronto is huge. Yes. But at the same time, you, you have to put them away. Like this, uh, this is a vital game for the Capitals. If they get to 2-2, they have so much firepower. They do. But like you said, if uh, they, they allow Toronto to build a 3-1 lead, yeah, then you're then, in trouble. So this is a very pivotal game for them. And, and it's just setting up for an exciting second round of NHL oh, playoffs. I mean, game. and this is only the first round. Usually the first round, the NBA is kind of boring. You know, I was watching a Spurs game last night. The Spurs are just such a well-tuned so, team. did you see the coaches post-game interview? Did I heard, that? yes. So he, he went on a tangent about how the referee was, or the referees, I should say, were not as great as they should have been. Kawhi Leonard shot more free throws than right. the entire Memphis Grizzlies. That's what his whole point of this tirade was. And at the end of the day, he, he makes a good points, but I don't think he did it in the right way, and I think he's going to lose a, a good amount of his paycheck. You know, He's definitely going to get fined for his comments. He's got to kind of tone that down a little bit. That's not going to win you calls. Sure. I understand he's upset. Like, I can understand the upset. Yeah, I would be too. But at the same time, that's not how you go But you about look at it. the officiating, especially when you're following your team. You know, when the Lakers were, you know, at the time when they are at their, at their height and going through the playoffs and the officiating was so inconsistent or they would reward the team that was being the aggressor and then just no way to overcome that when – the other team's being the aggressor. Then when you start being aggressive, you're getting called for all the fouls. And it just you seems like, what's going on? Why is it so one-sided with officiating? I totally get that. It's They have a hard job. I couldn't do what they do. Those split-second decisions, especially what, what's a charge and what's a block. That's I mean, that's still... Tough. That's, that's so tough. <laughs> you know, it's so tough. You just got to make the right call at the right time. They try to do the best they can. But certain things, you know, when you're favoring st- superstars and or this and that, I understand the rookie coach just like, hey, I just want a level playing field. I don't want it to be decided by just by the officiating. You know who the Grizzlies really miss? Tony Allen. Oh, Without yeah. his defense, I mean, they really miss him. You had Vince Well, they're Carter. overmatched. The Spurs are just... Are overmatched, right? With I mean, if you, if you add him... And Vince split in time, it would be great. But when you have Vince Carter playing 33 minutes on 40-year-old legs, uh, that's really tough for them to do. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies for the entire season were a very tough team to beat. And, like, ask any team. Like, they were a very tough team to beat. Mike Conley's a great player. But I think they're not enough for San Antonio. I mean, without a full squad. It's really tough to beat San Antonio with their full squad. Exactly. Without their full squad, it's, it's even more difficult. So I think San Antonio. Is, is looking good right now in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how this all shapes up. I mean, yeah. I would love to see some upsets, but I, I'm I'm not thinking that really. I don't think it's going to happen this time maybe, around. Maybe. maybe Chicago. I yeah. mean, maybe Chicago. That the would be the only one. Right I really now. wouldn't consider that an upset. I would consider that an upset. Because, you know, you think about the Boston, Cel- that Boston Celtic team is not the best number one seed. It's probably one of the worst number one seeds to just happen oh, to slip in there. <laughs> no. They get, no, if they get the Chicago Bulls beat them, the Chicago Bulls. But Chicago are, Bulls definitely have more experience than this current Celtics team. I mean, yeah, but eventually you got to have someone step up for the Celtics, right? And they will. Well, we'll see how they respond in game two. There's only been one time in NBA history, and I think I know it, it's coming up on the 10-year anniversary of it, where a one seed has beaten an eight seed. And who right, was and, that and team? Who was the eight seed? seed? Come on, Matt. Who it was, was the it? Golden State Warriors. Baron the Davis. Believe team. You know, I can name the whole starting yeah. five. Oh, you yeah. Know, I'm going to do it right now. Point guard. We had 
Monte Ellis. Actually, he was the shooting guard at the time. Baron right. Davis, Monte Ellis. We have Matt Barnes, Al Harrington, and Andres Biedrich, who leads the Warriors in field goal percentage. Yes. I have been watching the Warriors for a long time. I'm driving the bandwagon bus, you know. I'm not. And they I, took down Avery Johnson, the best Avery record Johnson. of the Dallas Mavericks that but year. But here's the thing, it, you know. The thing about that series was the the Warriors beat them four games throughout the regular season. They could not figure out the Warriors at all. Um, so, I mean, like, I saw it coming. I, I had full right. belief. And and you look at the other teams around the league who are eight seeds. I think one of the – I forget who it was in their post-game press conference was like, you know, it's it's been done before. I just really need to keep the, the troops high. Well, the New York but, Knicks yeah. were actually the last – team, the eighth seed, actually make it to the NBA Finals. And that was actually uh, at the hands of the Spurs' first championship. And that was back in 99. It was that strike year. The last time an eighth seed actually made it to the Finals. But usually, the the NBA play, first round playoffs, other than, you know, maybe a, a couple of the series, it, it's pretty boring. You, you, you just know who's going to win. You know, the bottom line is, the heavy favorites, obviously, is the Cavaliers, the Warriors, right. then the Spurs. I think but that my, Jazz Clippers goes to seven. I think so, too. That's, th- that's a really tough series for the Clippers especially how the Jazz play. And you can't count out the Rockets no, and what they're the, doing. The Rockets, I, I don't I, – That's I just a really good team right them. now. I can't see – I mean, that's really tight. Like, they don't have the team to beat the Rockets. The right. way that the Rockets play, they shoot a lot of threes. Okay, they, they live outside of the perimeter. And what's the one thing that they don't – the two things that the Thunder don't have is great perimeter defense and a guy other than Westbrook that can And the Rockets over. actually play defense. And they do play defense. And they defense. got Nene, you know, holding it down the center, and he's a great defensive center. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they got to help out Harden for his defense, that's for sure. Um, but the Cavs, speaking of defense, the Cavs' defense has been a little bit shaky. Man – there has been a report, okay, that they are working on a special defense. I read a report about it. And <laughs> Just I, before, I though, it's a secret defense. It's a secret defense that they've been working on all season and will use it in the playoffs when needed. And I literally rolled my eyes because you cannot play a zone in the NBA. It's against the rule books. Like, that, you will get a foul called on you. Like, you can't do certain things on defense that you can do in college. Okay, so no, what, I think you, you what can, exactly you can do are they zone, do? right? You can do no, zone. No, you cannot do a zone in the NBA. No, they change that. They change that. Oh, you cannot do a zone in the NBA. So what? What kind of defense are you going to do? Are you going to trap the ball? Like, how, what? I just don't understand what they're going to. Is it going to be a full court kind of defense? Like what? I just don't understand. The thing how with defense, it, how they can it requires yeah, it requires energy. You 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 got to be committed. You got to be committed to stop. You you got to talk with each other. You, you just got to force the issue. Whatever the case may be, if the guy's going to drive in, you force him into your shot blocker. Yeah, and I think that Cavaliers, Cavaliers will probably win that series. Yeah, probably it, win. It's safe to say, you know, the Cavaliers will get going. They're 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 but a that, very dysfunctional bunch, it seems like, but they're they'll come together, and you know, they're they're the team to beat in the East. Uh, but if you see the Pacers win those next two games. Like that's gonna be. I don't know about the Cavs. Then you know what I'm saying. If the Pacers win in the the Field House, is it? it I don't Good know. Seiko Field House, yeah. Yeah. So if they win the Field House twice, you gotta be a little bit concerned. If you're the Cavs, just a tad, because now you're gonna have to go and play. Eventually, if the Celtics don't get out, like if they don't get out of the play. They'll have to go on the road and play. And that's going to take a, a toll on you if you keep playing game seven, you keep having to grind out. But that's kind of the same thing that they did last year, though. It's maybe what they need, you know, to you know, get slapped around a little bit there and kind of wake them up so yeah, they can hopefully. go on their run. 
We want to see the Cavaliers want, in the finals. I'm I know you. I know you to... want Warriors and Cavs for the for the tray. I would love that, but the I'd rubber love match. To have the Warriors just in there <laughs> in general. But switching over real quick to some great UCI sports, our men's volleyball team, the UCI men's, took down UCLA. They lost the first match and just took the next three. I mean, they're just they were balling. They just kind of they did a little warm up, you know, with the first match. They won the first game of this tournament, but now they have to take on Long Beach State at Long Beach State. So that's gonna you know, if you want to be the best. Like Matt said earlier, you got to beat the best. Anyways, our UCI men's golf team placed second in the Cal Poly shootout. Unbelievable job. They were a minus five as a team. Nice. That's pretty pretty good for them. The top score was UC Santa Barbara, which is probably, you know, a little bit of a home field advantage. Well, not really, but they probably played the course a few times. I mean, they're pretty similar in location. Um, Minus 23 as a team. That's um, really that's, good. That's unbelievable. That is really good. That's unbelievable. So, congratulations to our men's. You know, it's it's tough to get, you know, make up those shots. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Oh, absolutely. 23. Oh, my. Well, one last thing I want to touch on the men's is, you know, our track and field, you know, they uh, had a really great weekend, too. But just a couple guys, just to name, you know, the 100 meters, one of my favorite events at the track and field. But, uh. Was it uh, Michael Hommel, uh, Michael Hemmel, and Antoine Parker both set their personal best? Uh, uh, Michael ran a 10.89 100-meter. That's getting up there closer to yeah. Usain Bolt. Ooh. And uh, Antoine Parker ran 11.04 in the 100-meter, which is pretty amazing. I, mean, I could do that in one meter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we got to give it up to the women's water polo team, Matt. They have set a school record, have now won 10 games in a row. 10 and, games in a row. Well, you know, they got 100 more to catch up with these UConn women. Well, yes, but water polo, I like to see the UConn women, do, you know, try to win 100 water polo games in a row. That's just... They got some big girls. I don't know. That would be an interesting <laughs> matchup. So, uh, so congrats she, to our women's, but go ahead. Our men's baseball team, a little bit of a rough patch for them, but you know what? You got to keep your head up. That's... Matt's tip of the day right there. Keep your head up always. Absolutely. You know, they last night they had a tough loss. Um, they were up in the game, and then they ended up losing 9-5. So that's, that's kind of a tough game for them, and they've been going through a tough stretch. But look for them to turn it around. I think that they could turn around. There's too much talent on this roster that, that, that just I, I really haven't understand why. they In the very beginning of the season, they were really, really good. Like they beat TCU like – they were doing all the right things, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go on this kind of losing streak. But what matters is making the tournament. It doesn't matter, you know, what your record is going into it. It matters about making And it matters how well you're playing together at the time you get into the tournament. Yeah, you want to be hot going in. And they will. And they will. And speaking of baseball, you know, we got Major League Baseball two weeks in, and I have to say my Cincinnati Reds are still in first place, the youngest team in baseball, so congrats to my Reds. Yeah. But what's going on here with our West Coast teams? How are the Angels doing? Angels and the Dodgers have been doing all right. Dodgers have been doing better than the Angels, but they've only played for two weeks, so it's like you still got 24 weeks to go. 
and um, we'll see how it ends up turning out. Like I like I've been saying, you know, the Angels' biggest issue is pitching, and their biggest strength is hitting. So we'll see. Um, and on the Dodgers' perspective, they the Dodgers are pretty. They've been playing tough opponents. I mean, the Diamondbacks and the NL West have been the ones that have been the toughest team to beat by far. They have. They're, and, and, they're playing really good ball right now. And you look at who they have on their roster, and top to bottom, they've got a pretty solid roster. I mean, especially in their outfield I mean, with Pollock, and you got Yosmania Tomas. Mm-hmm. So the Diamondbacks have some pretty good players. So in the NL West has always been a tougher division in baseball. So you got the Giants. It, it certainly is one of the toughest. Yeah, the I mean, Giants, the Diamondbacks, and even the Rockies. And if you look in the past decade, all of the teams in the NLS have been very successful at at times. So like the Rockies have had success. You looked at the Padres have had success. Giants clearly have had success. Dodgers have had success. Like in terms of getting into the playoffs and in terms of overall record is what I'm kind of trying to drive at. So the NOS is a tough division to play in, and the AOS on the flip side is a tough division to play in because they added the Houston Astros, which are one of those teams that are unreal in terms of talent in the future. Like they, well, the Houston Astros are leading the division right now. I know. They are very, very good with their shortstop and Carlos Correa, and they, they got a lot of young talent in this – it's it's looking bright for them, honestly. I they, I know they they're owner, they're also a semi young team. They are they are very young. They're one of the youngest actually in the MLB right now. Um, but you look at what the owner said a while ago. He was like, "We'll get this right. You know, we'll we'll win a World Series by 2018." You're getting close to that marker. You know, you said five years ago you're you're gonna get it done, and they've been but you look moving at the, around and shaking and getting all these young guys. But they kind of set the precedent because you look at their blueprint just a couple years ago how they made that nice run with all those young guys. No one know who this team was because they were the one of the youngest teams in baseball and made it to the postseason and you look at what the reds are doing they've gotten they pretty much decimated their their playoff teams from the 2010 2012 2013 team kind of clean it out and and they're saying we're not rebuilding we're just retooling well now i'm starting to see it it's yeah they are the youngest team in baseball however these guys are can play ball they're and the good. more guys to keep bringing up they're just there's names like Gennett who's just really you know just crushing it on the Alex bats. Bergman unbelievable job for the Astros as well he's their shortstop so, shortstop third baseman he plays a little bit of both and so the Reds are falling suit with that as well so we'll we'll see what happens I mean obviously they're sitting atop now but you know once Chicago gets going they'll be fine you know it's getting over the World Series it's now it's the new season's here. It's time to focus. The party's over. <laughs> uh, they'll, they'll be. This all is right. kind of like the hangover, if you will. Yeah. Well, you know, so shake it off. One, one through three. Which hangover is it? That's a big question. Yeah. So, movie jokes. Um, <laughs> I, it'll be. It's, it's too early in the the season to be really, you know, going into that much detail. I mean, you look at the Giants are five and nine. I mean, there there's some there's some things that will change and I know for a fact that they will change like I'm not talking just in terms of the Giants but everything in the MLB is about to change um it'll be interesting to see and I just want to you know quickly touch on the NFL draft it's coming up yeah it's coming up and uh the Cleveland Browns if they don't select Miles Garrett they're crazy if they don't select Miles Garrett and they go with Mitch Trubisky They'll be crazy, and you know what? I like I like how all these writers and stuff that are, that are NFL draft writers. When is the first round? Twenty seventh, April twenty seventh. Okay, so That's definitely next week because we got an hour show next week. We're gonna Thanks go to into Kenny it, Jones. I just want to preview it. You know, got it. Oh, indeed. Longer. They oh, would be indeed. crazy not to select him. Anyways. 
Uh, they got the NFL draft coming up. And then May 16th is a special day because we'll find out who wins the lottery in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> and let's hope for a one through three ball for the Lakers, right? But coming up next, we got Kenny Jones with News and Views. And for all of you, and we always appreciate you listening. And of course, the two grandmas. Yeah, you know, we always appreciate hugs. your critiques. I, I saw them this weekend. And you can blog with us at blog.sportsmattersradio.com. Again, that's blog.sportsmattersradio.com. And just add some comments. Ask if there's anything you want us to talk about, and we'll put it in our show. Uh, anything special. Um, and then be kind to one another, too. And uh, I want to wish a happy birthday to very special friend Benjamin Alexander Gray I want to wish you a happy birthday today happy birthday Mr. Gray (laughs) until then all sports matters